eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've discovered your link to gopowercat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, gopowercat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Breaking Podcast. Big news on this Friday as the NCAA tournament opens. And as I record this, I'm literally watching the first game in the bracket of 64 as Virginia Tech and Florida play. And we focus now on K-State basketball news. And as usual, it is not good news. The team that finished winning four of six has lost three players this week. On Monday, Antonio Gordon, the sophomore out of Oklahoma, announced he was leaving the program. And this Friday, Dejuan Gordon, the cornerstone of the 2019 recruiting class, has also announced he is departing. With him is going Rudy Williams, a junior guard who came in this season to help supplement K-State's backcourt. That is three players leaving from a roster that started the season with only 12 players on scholarship on it. Mike McGurl remains in doubt. That leaves them with eight players left right now with eligibility to play that started the year on scholarship. And Montavious Murphy, the final member of the 2019 recruiting class, that's right. There were five recruits in that class. Only Monty Murphy remains from that class, and he is on his second knee injury. He's rehabbing that knee, and his future is in doubt. Rudy Williams becomes the first member of the eight-man 2020 recruiting class to depart Kansas State. Is he the last? I seriously doubt it. Let's do the math here real quick as we break down the horrific algorithm of departures taking place. 2019, there were five members of that recruiting class. Five members, one remains. In 2020, there were eight members of the recruiting class. Seven currently remain. But folks, we're at 13 members of the combined 19 and 20 classes to fill 13 scholarships, and that doesn't count Mike McGurl, the lone senior on this past season's team. As of now, they have one player signed for 21, another one committed for 21, and suddenly they have three scholarships open. Will they sign three more guys here in the late period? Could it be more? Well, if they sign three more guys, that will be 18 players signed to play basketball at Kansas State in a three-year period, and they may not meet their quota of 13 scholarship players for next season. 
It's absolutely incredible how bad this has become as Bruce Weber's revolving door of a program goes on and on. Approximately 70% of Kansas State's freshman signees under Weber have now departed the program. Maybe that will settle down now, but this is going to be a very, very busy year with the transfer portal. A lot of players across the country will be hitting the portal because there is a promise, a lingering promise from the NCAA that legislation will be passed that will allow them to have immediate eligibility. Legislation or not, the NCAA is tending to grant immediate eligibility right now. And considering COVID and all that these players have been through, I don't see the NCAA turning down anyone's request to transfer and play immediately at a new institution. The question becomes, how will Kansas State fill these openings? Will they get back and sign more high school recruits who will be freshmen next season? Well, get this. If that's the course they take, there will not be a single senior on next year's team. Casey Eziagu and Carlton Lingard are sophomores. They would be juniors. No seniors on the 21-22 roster if they go sign more high school players. It's really important for them to get into the transfer portal and try to find guys who can help them immediately. But are there enough players of that quality in the portal that would want to come to Kansas State? If you are a high-level prospect in this class, would you come to Kansas State right now? If you are transferring, particularly if you're going to be a senior and you're an impact type of guy, wouldn't you prefer to go to some place that has a proven track record of taking transfers and could offer you a chance to play at a high level? Bruce Weber's program continues to flounder off the court and in the past two seasons on the court. Some people remain in his camp and Bruce Weber is an intensely likable guy. He seems to have the favor of many donors and athletics director, Gene Taylor. Gene Taylor said earlier this basketball season that he doesn't plan to make a move on Bruce Weber, that because of COVID and the, the pandemic issues that have faced Kansas State basketball, he will have Weber back. Maybe it's a financial decision, but he also left a little crack open saying, there could be off-the-court things that change his mind. Are these it? Was he hinting that transfers were going to be crucial? I don't really grasp at this point what's going on with Kansas State basketball. I'm just going to say this. K-Staters deserve better than this. Tim Weiser hit the reset button by hiring Bob Huggins. Frank Martin carried that on until he was pushed out of the door by his athletics director at the time, John Curry. John Curry hired Bruce Weber, who has done a good job at times, but it's been a violent roller coaster ride. It has battered the fan base. He won a Big 12 title immediately with Martin's players, and that was something to crow about. Then the dip happened, the Marcus Foster disaster in the locker room happened, and he rebuilt, and it worked. Even though he signed seven or eight players in the recruiting class, only three survived, but they were Barry Brown, Dean Wade, and Kamau Stokes, and they, too, led Kansas State to a Big 12 title just two seasons ago. Now, here's the thing. Bruce Weber has been to a handful of NCAA tournaments in his time at Kansas State. But following both of those Big 12 titles, which are notable and important and should not be overlooked, Kansas State lost in the first round. Another year, they went to the first four and won in advance to the first round, and the Wildcats were bludgeoned by Cincinnati. 
I never have been a fan of the first four. And in fact, it's so new, it didn't even exist when Bob Huggins was at K-State because that team he had should have been in the NCAA tournament, wasn't, went to the NIT, but it would have been in the first four. So it's a giant asterisk on that season. You can't overlook that the 2018 NCAA tournament included Kansas State making a run to the Elite Eight. That's the only time outside of the first four that a Bruce Weber team has won games in the NCAA tournament. And after a really nice opening round win over Creighton, K-State should have played Virginia, but it was upset the first 16 seed to beat a one seed. Maryland-Baltimore County then lost to Kansas State. Kansas State advanced to the Sweet 16 and another impressive win over an incredibly athletic Kentucky team before K-State lost to Loyola-Chicago in the Elite Eight and Loyola-Chicago went to the Final Four instead of K-State. You can't ignore two Big 12 titles and an Elite Eight run, but in nine seasons, Bruce Weber has now sunk well below 500 in Big 12 play. And really, that should be the measurement of a coach's success or failure at an institution. You can manipulate that non-conference schedule. You can turn it to your favor. But now, following his ninth season at Kansas State, following 10th and 9th place finishes in back-to-back years, following the worst back-to-back seasons in Kansas State basketball history, and it could be argued the two worst seasons in K-State post-World War II basketball history. Bruce Weber is 76-86 and in Big 12 play. What's that mean? To get back to 500 after 10 years of competition, Bruce Weber would have to go 14-4 and next year with a team that is going to be frightfully young and 14-4 and four matches the two records his program posted in the two seasons it won Big 12 titles. In nine seasons at K-State, Bruce Weber has had four teams finish in the conference over 500. Four teams. They went 10-8 and eight following their Big 12 title in 2013, and they went 10-8 and eight the year before their Big 12 title in 2019. 14 and 4, 10 and 8, 8 and 10, 5 and 13, 8 and 10, 10 and 8, 14 and 4, 3 and 15, 4 and 14. Both Big 12 titles, however, have been followed by a complete collapse of the roster and a significant rebuild for Bruce Weber. Will Gene Taylor fire Bruce Weber? My gut tells me no, but I also don't know what's going on inside of Gene Taylor's head, and nobody really does other than Gene Taylor. Maybe he's confided in some people within his inner circle, but we've reported at GoPowerCat that there's a lot of talk about Bruce Weber retiring, something he's denied. There's been a lot of talk about other coaches being linked to this job once Bruce Weber retires, maybe as late as May 1 when his buyout drops. This program can't last until May 1. Bruce Weber won't be able to properly recruit during this time period with this hanging over him. Gene Taylor is now in the position where he must either come out and adamantly say Bruce Weber will return as Kansas State's coach next season. Stop talking about a change. Bruce gets one more chance. 
or he's going to have to make a move. He cannot let this fester and flounder. He can't let this sit on the table. It's an incredible mess. It's been an ongoing mess. The roster rotation has never stopped under Bruce Weber. And now it continues. Well, let's continue this podcast by bringing in our basketball analyst, Jay Heydrich, who joins us on his cell phone somewhere on a highway between a beach and his home in Kansas City as he just snuck away for a little family vacation. But we appreciate you joining us, Jay. Well, let's dive into this. Kansas State now has three players who have departed the 2020-21 team. It's so hard to say. Including two of the three sophomores that started the season on the roster. And the third, being Montavious Murphy, is kind of up in the air as he rehabs his second straight knee injury. Jay, they had five guys in that 2019 recruiting class. Uh, Good news never made it. I mean, he was just in and out. David Sloan transferred to East Tennessee State. Now the three sophomores who were the cornerstone of the class, obviously, um, two are gone. Both the Gordons have now departed, and they're in the transfer portal. Antonio Gordon announced on Monday. It seems it was a lot longer than that. And Dejuan Gordon now today, along with Rudy Williams, uh, a 2020 recruit, have entered the portal. How troubled are you by this? Really troubled. And, you know, it's going to be something people are going to say, oh, it's a COVID year and we're going to, uh, everyone's transferring. But this was a problem long before COVID hit K-State. I mean, it, it, this has been a, uh, a huge problem in trying to, you can't build a program if, you, if it's a consistent revolving door. And yes, every program has transfers and these are issues that every program faces, but not at this rate. I think it's like over 70% of the freshmen uh, Bruce Weber signed have transferred out that haven't finished their eligibility. Um, that's a systemic issue. There's something else going on here that, that needs to be addressed. And you're looking right now at a team that really circled the score, 59 points a game in conference this past year. They've now lost 20 points a game from that. And as we talked about earlier on in the week, you know, you, we can talk about you know Miguel, Bradford, Pack being back and having to be that core, but that's not enough. You need other guys that you know you can uh, you you can rely on. And a guy like Xavier Sneed, when he was young, when he was a sophomore, um, uh, when the big three were were juniors, um, you know if. Barry Brown or Dean Wade got in foul trouble or when Cam Stokes was out hurt, you know, Xavier Steve was capable of going and getting you um, 20 a night or 25. And, and, but he was always, you could always pretty much count on him to get you between eight and 12 every night. Uh, you need those types of players uh, on your team. We just don't have any. Uh, and so it's, it, it's, it's really concerning. And for people to say, Oh, you know, he was not a star player. This isn't a big deal. Um, you know, that that's just, pretty ignorant of how, how basketball works and what it takes to be successful. Let's do the math here. I, I got into this in the open of the show, but K-State signed five last year and eight this past year. That doesn't include, of course, Mike McGurl, the senior. And they started the season one under the scholarship count. The math just doesn't work out. You can only have 13 on scholarship. They've now lost four from the 19 class. Rudy Williams is technically the first from the 20 class. They have one signed, one committed for the 21 class. And now suddenly they have three more scholarship openings, which would bring us to 18 recruits in a three-year period. I don't care what business you're in. 
you can't be running through employees at a that kind of turnover rate. He's just ripping through so many prospects. The, the grind on the recruiting trail, there's just not enough guys. You can't find enough talent to keep that up. You can't. And, and the problem that you have, too, is, so let's just go to the portal. Well, the portal presents its own challenges, but, A, K-State doesn't have a lot, if any, success in the portal. And, B, you don't think kids look and say and do that math themselves, too, and are asking, well, why are all these people leaving K-State? If you're Gene Taylor, you know, if, if this was happening in the ticket office or in the development or one of the business offices that Gene Taylor oversees and they had lost 18 of the uh, 18 employees over the past three years, I would hope Gene Taylor would sit down and ask, why is this happening? Um, and that's something that's no different here. That's exactly what he should do here is try to figure out why is this happening and because it, it, it's absolutely detrimental to the program as far as the ability to, to when was the last time you didn't you didn't hear they're a young team associated with K State? It's crazy. Um and, and it's gonna happen next year too. If if McGurl doesn't come back uh, they will not have a single upperclassman on the team because Montavious Murphy will still technically be a sophomore. Um, and he really only has about a combined three-fourths of a season under his belt from an experience standpoint. So if the girl doesn't come back, they will not have a single upperclassman on the team from either from an, exter- from an experience standpoint. And that's just how do you go two years in a row? How, how do you go from being so young this year to even younger next year? It's it's absolutely unfathomable what's happening, and you're right. I mean, uh, they're going to have to get in the portal no matter what to get some experience, but as we know, Bruce Weber's foundation of his program is defense, and it takes a while to understand those defensive principles. Maybe you can find someone in the portal that's played a similar defense, but I doubt it. it they're going to have to learn that. Whether they're an incoming senior who might be more equipped to do it or a freshman, they still are going to have a learning curve. It doesn't end. It just doesn't end. And I, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to be blunt. At what point does this change from being a Bruce Weber problem to a Gene Taylor problem? I love Gene, but this is intolerable what's going on right now. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I've gotten to know Gene um, over the past couple of years and I'm not I don't know him well but uh you know whenever I talk to him he's very thoughtful and and uh, I guess I don't from what I know of Gene I don't um jump to the conclusion that a lot of people do that he's just putting his head in the sand ignoring what's going on and things like that I I find Gene to be um what a CEO should be uh, and that's not to jump to conclusions, not to make irrational, uh, emotionally based decisions. Let's wait until we get all the facts that are put that, that are in. And there are a lot of factors here that that are at play, other than um, uh, the uh, uh, the play and the transfers. You know, you have uh, a lot of issues that are. Um, that are surrounding financial and uh, the department that took a big financial hit this year and and donor relations and all those things that go into the pot. So what we're talking about is a huge glaring issue too. and something that needs to be considered and will, but it's not the only, only consideration. I have no doubt that Gene's going to sit down and and make a decision about it. Uh, It may not be one that uh, we all agree with. I I promise you it will be one that not everyone agrees with. Um, But I do think it will be one that will be um, uh, 
arrived at with a lot of different considerations of mine that the public may or may not know about. Very well put. And um, when this first came up and Gene Taylor was asked about this, he said that he'll be back, Bruce Weber will be back, unless something off the court happens. Is this off the court? Do you consider this to be something non-game related, all these players transferring? Because I would. Yes, uh, I would too. To me, this would be the final straw. I mean, if I was the athletic director, it it would be hard to not make a change right now based on what I've seen. Um, Putting putting everything aside as far as the on-court issues the past two years, uh, the fact that you can't keep players in, uh, in your program uh, is, is, a, is a huge problem. Um, and, and if you're looking at building for the future and your future is literally walking out in front of you in front of your eyes, what are you building towards then? Because what can you, what can you tell me is going to be better about next year? What do you, can you tell me is going to be better about um, the year after that? And as well as K-State – played towards the end of the season and as much signs of hope that, that they showed, it's been a long way to go still. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, 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 it made a lot of strides in a lot of different areas, but they started so low that, that it was almost impossible not to make uh, strides that, that, that you would expect to see. And so this team isn't on the cusp of, you know, buying for a big 12 title. This, this team isn't even on the cusp of, you know, be in 500 conference next year. Um, this team, especially with the two departures or the three departures, this team, this team is going to really struggle next year unless they find some some guys to come in and fill some slots. Agreed. Is K State an attractive job right now? I mean, even if they make a change, is K State going to struggle to find someone that wants to pick up these pieces? I don't think so. I think K-State's a great job. I think people would look at that, too. Uh, you know, they pay competitively. They have phenomenal facilities. The fans will support it. It's at a conference that um, gets a lot of notoriety, but it's not a back-breaking conference like the Big Ten is this year or that the ACC typically is. Um it's, you know, I think that we've broken the wide sale that it's impossible to recruit to Manhattan. There are a lot of things that uh, are attractive about this job. They've shown, I mean, shown that you can have success in the tournament, almost going to Final Four twice in the last 10-plus uh, uh, years. So th- there are a lot of things that, um, that, that are really attractive to this job. But there are going to be a lot of qualified people who want this job. And you know what? The next guy who comes in, may not do as well as Bruce Weber, you know, um, especially on the high side of things. Uh, you know, Bruce has done a lot of good things that um, deserve credit for with the conference championships, Elite Eight, things like that. But the other, the next person who comes in also is not likely to be have the lows that Bruce Weber has as well. So to me that my feeling is that we, we can be better. We, we, we know what we have right now. We're nine years into this. And you have, you know, on top of all the drama, you know, if you take out the highs and throw out the lows, you know, you have a coach who's under 500 in conference in nine years. And you know what you have. And the question is, do you want something better? And, you know, personally, I think that, you know, uh, I, I would be, I would not be upset if, if K-State said, you know, we're going to look at what we can be, not what we are. And Jay, to finish up here, 
I suspect they're not done with the transfers. I, I think there's one or two more waiting to drop. We will see how that progresses, but do you think they're done with these departures? I have no idea, and that's part of the frustration, right? It's it's exhausting. It's one thing after another all the time. It's you you don't know what when the next shoe is going to drop, and it just it there is no stability and there is no certainty in the program other than chaos. And it just seems like all we deal with is perpetual chaos. And then you deal, and then you get into the well. If this hadn't happened, then 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 that's the reason to excuse this. Well, this wouldn't have happened. Then everyone says, well, why did that happen? And so it's it, it's just this constant circular, perpetual cycle of chaos. And it's just I'm just exhausted by it. And they're they're. I, if I had to put money on it, I'd say absolutely there's going to be more transfers because that's what happens here. Um, but I, I can't tell you either. And it's just – I just know that I'm tired of continually having to wonder what's coming next. Thanks, Jay. Drive carefully. Get that family home safe. And hopefully between now and you arriving in Kansas City, you won't have more transfers to talk to me about because it may not be done. I still have questions about Carlton Lingard, his ongoing health issues with his back. Will he be back or will he transfer somewhere else? Montavious Murphy remains in doubt. And what happens? What happens if one of the the cornerstone players of that freshman class goes ahead and departs? Now, you can argue that the foundation of Kansas State basketball is back for next year. And I get why you would say that, because you probably see that as Nigel Pack, Davion Bradford, and Selton Miguel, the three key players in that recruiting class of last year, the three players that started an awful lot for these Wildcats. Pack and Bradford are elite caliber players if they continue to develop. Selton Miguel adopted a defensive persona as the season went and showed flashes of being a really solid Big 12 starter if he develops. Sari Lewis is more of a project. Luke Kazupki played some after coming back from a foot injury and really kind of underperformed. But they too should be considered among the foundation of this class. What happens if one of them departs? How much will be tolerated by the Kansas State administration? Because those guys aren't the foundation. They never were the foundation of Kansas State's basketball rebuild. That was the sophomore class, folks. And more specifically, it was the three players that came back this season as sophomores as the only players returning alongside senior Mike McGurl with Big 12 major college experience. Antonio Gordon, gone. Dejuan Gordon, gone. Montavious Murphy, perpetually injured. That was the foundation of the rebuild. Now that has shifted like sand out from beneath the program. And now a new foundation of another freshman class is in place. And I think most of them will stay. But when does this program ever get veteran? Except for two seasons. One of them, a roster being inherited from Frank Martin. This is not normal. I hear the Bruce Weber sycophants out there talking about everyone that isn't Kentucky or Kansas has to rebuild. Not to this degree. That's not how it works. 
you can't accept this level of rebuild every four or five years as normal. It's not normal. Don't normalize it. We don't see it happening at other programs. When they take their dip, they might struggle, but they shoot right back up. Don't compare this program to Kansas. Don't do that. I mean, that's not fair to anyone because Kansas is just on a different level than most college basketball programs. But this program shouldn't be TCU. This program shouldn't be at the bottom of this conference. Iowa State just fired its coach, hired a new coach, and it is now a step ahead of Kansas State in a rebuild. TCU will probably persist with Jamie Dixon for at least one more season because he is a native son and he has had some success for a program that doesn't know much success at all. Kansas State knows success. And if you're a young kid and wants to excuse the fact that a lot of that success came before you were born, or honestly, before I was born or even really understanding college basketball. But there's a tradition here. There's a pride here. We let it slip away in a 12-year period from Tom Asbury to Jim Wildridge. And it was back. And Bruce Weber played a role in that. But this... This is just ongoing misery. These two seasons should be reason enough to make a coaching change. But then there's that asterisk of the pandemic. Now the roster is beginning to fall apart. The one upon which we are supposed to build our hopes and program for a future of Kansas State basketball in which they might win a Big 12 title in a couple years. Oh, and I saw one person say they might just win a national championship. Come on. Really? I love Nigel Pack, Davion Bradford, and Sultan Miguel. Good players, good kids, great foundation. You can build around them, but you have to go out and get really good players and retain them. Is Bruce Weber the guy to do that? To first get the good players and then retain them? The answer is in the history of Bruce Weber's time at K-State. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 